episode of May the Power Protect 2, a podcast where we talk about everything that goes on with Power Rangers, including comic books and new episodes of the TV show, and just, you know, everything that goes on in the Morphing Grid. I am one of your hosts, Joel, and with me, as always, is... Oh, hello, it's me, Kevin. (laughs) Uh, And before we dive into what we're talking about today, like we do every week, we just want to take a moment to encourage our listeners to find a way that you can be a hero out there in the world. Uh, in the past we've highlighted things like the black lives matter movement which is still ongoing and still needs support and attention um and the current ongoing crisis in the ukraine um just find a way that you can help whether that's donating time donating money uh watching streams that generate revenue or just even beginning steps of educating yourself you know find a way that you can help find a way that you can be a hero find a way that you can make things better Mm mm-hmm uh, so we'll kind of start today by diving into the reviews of comics that were released this week. The first of which was Godzilla vs. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number two, mm-hmm. which had a story by Colin Bunn, art by Freddie Williams III, colors by Andrew Dollhouse, and letters and design by Johanna Natalie. And the previous description for this one is from IDW Publishing and Boom Studios, two Titanic powers collide in a cross-company collaboration event you never expected. But makes complete sense. Godzilla battles the Megazord. And no matter who wins, the world will be at great peril from the combined threat of the Zillion invaders and Rita Repulsa. And if a giant robot and giant monsters weren't cataclysmic enough, how about a giganta cybernetic space monster ready to fight them both? Um, <laughs> so you and I were both kind of meh on the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, what did you think of the second issue? okay (laughs) i mean it like when i was gonna be really funny and like interrupt you whenever you were like reading the synopsis when you were like but makes complete sense and i was like but does it though does it really i mean on paper sure but i i will say this i feel like uh the writer cullen uh cullen bun has definitely started getting more in the swing of the writing like this definitely felt more in line um and it added a bit more gravitas, I think, like in terms of having the rangers there and kind of showing the human interaction with the city. Yeah. But I still just am kind of like, eh. Like, it, it's okay. It was, I mean, Freddie Williams, his art is always really good, especially if you're into the, you know, steroid bulking type thing. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I'm not that thrilled with the series. I mean... Yes, the Rangers stopped Godzilla, and then, oh no, it turned out he was a good guy, and oh no, now another monster appears, and oh no, Rita has Tommy, and she's gonna make him evil again. Like, who knows? I'm, I'm assuming that we'll have Tommy as evil Green Ranger for a couple of issues, and he'll have Mecha Godzilla, and then the Rangers will team up with Godzilla, and then somehow, magically, Godzilla will combine with a Megazord. Yeah, it just... I don't know. It feels a little too by the numbers, if that makes sense. It feels like, okay, we're doing a lot of the obvious. Like, I, I feel like all the Power Ranger stuff is very surface level, like we kind of said last time. Yeah. All, you know, Rita has to be obsessed with getting Tommy back because that's like the big thing people are going to know that Tommy had as the Green Ranger. It's just like, mm-hmm. 
there's not enough of an emotional core to this or like really any motivation yeah. from the characters outside of their normal like existence that like ties us together because again like not to tie back to what crossovers we've had before but like even the justice league power ranger one had like the plot thread with zach yeah. in there um and you know like there was the tommy plot thread and the like you know teenage ninja turtles power ranger crossover like there, there was just like an emotional core to it that i think like this is lacking in a lot of ways like yeah. it's fine um it I, is I, I mean and yes i think it's it, it is good in terms of like theory but i think in practice it's just not all the way working yeah if that makes sense like I, yes godzilla we owe a lot to modern tokusatsu too yes giant megazords godzilla kaiju it all makes sense but it just like you said that it's very surface level that emotional beat is not really there mm-hmm. in fact i remember whenever they were first advertising it they were really advertising it as being rita's story yeah and i was kind of excited about that i was like ooh, rita is so depressed and despondent that she tries to go to a world about rangers and like let's explore rita and her you know i think that would have made a really a more interesting angle than what we're getting right here yeah and just but yeah and so i do you mentioned like freddie williams is his art which is like it is very specific it is but i do feel like his art has changed over the years because i remember like when he was drawing on robin and i don't feel like it was exactly like this i also feel like there's something weird going on with the colors Mm -hmm. on this series yeah so did you ever read the batman ninja turtle crossovers so freddie freddie did the art for those he did the art for all three um it's very in line with what freddie did back in 2015 2014 okay it's just this is his modern style yeah like like he he is drawing them in a way and i think like for the turtles it worked for batman it worked and i think for power rangers if you're going for the action figure vibe yeah but i don't know it like i normally like freddy's art whenever freddy was announced to be the artist i was like oh that'd be great he's really good but like i just for some reason like you said there's just something not clicking and like for those of you that are liking it great fantastic um it's kind of hilarious that you and i are the ones that are just kind of like meh like because usually we're pretty like pro like yeah fuck yeah um <laughs> It just again, I yeah. think it, I think we both said it. It's there's nothing really to grab onto. It just kind of feels like you just yeah. it all it all happens. It all slides through the brain and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and let's be real. Power Rangers has never been Shakespearean. Yeah, neither has Godzilla, from my understanding. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like meh. It, it just like it feels like there you could have like tried to find a point or find found like something to add to this so that it's not just two things slamming together but they went with the decision they made we've only got like it's is it a five i keep forgetting if it's even a five or a six issue i think it's a five because we were like oh that's weird that it's not six because six is the standard yeah well i mean maybe we're gonna count our blessings and you know three more issues will be done Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah i don't think there's much more to say i don't want to rip into it more it's it's fine for what it's trying to do but it it could be more and i think in comparison to just any of the other power ranger comics that are currently going on it pales in comparison yeah i mean it just it like you said it feels very paint by numbers Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm sure next month we'll see mecha godzilla and evil green ranger and 
probably Dragon Zord being forced to combine with Mechagodzilla. Like, yeah, very paint by numbers stuff. And and paint by numbers isn't bad. It's just this isn't really for me. This is it's kind of weird because this is the first Power Rangers thing in a few years where I've been kind of just like, Meh. yeah. And I mean, again, and that's okay. The, yeah, it's fine. Again, like this is a drop in the bucket compared to everything else that's going yes. on that is actually good. And we're that's why I kind of wanted to get it out of the way first. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's you know again if this is a thing you love and you're really vibing with it i'm really happy for you it's just like i mean i think both of us also said like we both confirmed godzilla is not a thing either one of us is really familiar with or like a fan of yeah so like that may also be the issue is we just like we're coming at it from one side and you know they're not handling the mighty morphin side very great which seems (laughs) a challenge but you know uh, anyhow not not to belabor this anymore you know we'll see maybe in three more issues it'll get better mm-hmm. maybe maybe um but moving along to the other comic release that occurred this week power yes. rangers universe number five released mm-hmm. written by nicole andelfinger art by simone ragazzoni colored by Mattia and iacono and lettered by ed dukeshire and the previews description for this one is on the Master Forge, the legendary teens, Ranger teens, and the Morphinaut feel the aftershock of the smoking crater on Earth's surface. And at the mysterious crash site, their new powers and skill sets are put to the test against a horde of foot soldiers. But what happens when their powers start to fail and even begin to turn against them? Hmm. Um, I don't think that's a accurate <laughs> description. <laughs> this is like but, two issues ago. Yeah. I, I again solicitations are written months in advance so more than likely like they maybe hadn't had the full story hammered out yeah um I, this issue i think is a lot better than that makes it sound um mm-hmm. this issue does a lot of like diving into characters in really fun ways um mm-hmm. but essentially our team faces down the big uh kind of general that we've seen over the last couple issues and it turns out that it is the partner of the Morphinaut and the one mm-hmm. that like was there whenever they went into the Morphin grid. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find it interesting that we're not really gendering that character. And I was like, huh? Okay. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I see you, Nicole. I see you. Uh, but, uh, I thought that was a really interesting, like emotional beat, especially with the Morphinaut slash Phantom Ranger, who is a character that like has never gotten much emotional depth. It was just a really nice moment. Um, and then I enjoyed kind of like we see like this spark of hope and that the like squadron team seems like they might be able to get the Master Forge back up and be able to go through it um, and mm-hmm. reunite with their families. But all of a sudden they all begin to start getting corrupted. And I really mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they start digging and tearing into each other. And I really like one um uh, nicole's dialogue in this moment because it starts giving us like more information on the characters in the ways that they are specifically attacking one another Mm -hmm. uh and i really enjoyed that and i thought it was a smart way to kind of like flesh out these characters more um and i really also enjoyed the way that simone uh Mm -hmm. articulated them being controlled because it's just a thing around the eyes and yeah uh, you know matthias matthias colors also helped with this it was just really cool and I, i i enjoyed that and we get uh, a nice uh, reveal at the end of the Morphinaut huh. taking on the evil influence of Dark Spectre and turning into a very familiar sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So what did you think of this issue, Kevin? I mean, yeah, there was a lot happening. Uh, certain events happened in a certain order chronologically, and wow. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I think it was really fun seeing the squadron suits in action and like really seeing them get to play with some of that a little bit and hint at what their theming is and stuff like that. Um, but I think overall the written action, especially once they got through the combat stuff, was really well done, and it... <sighs> Yeah, I think the corruption element is definitely something that is really good to show that even though they are rangers, like, even they can be corrupted. And it kind of was established earlier in the issue where they were like, you know, it starts slowly, but then eventually it just takes you over. Um, yeah. And so uh, with the Morphanaut, obviously when he was introduced, we were like, huh, that's a familiar looking armor. That's weird. Um seeing him now be the Phantom Ranger armor, I'm interested to see what happens and where it goes from there. Um, given some of the story beats we know in Power Rangers Unlimited number one, yeah, it, it it makes it interesting giving that history with the Phantom Ranger and Dark Spectre, if this is even the same Phantom Ranger. But I have a feeling that this is really where the series is building to, is like revealing, one, how the Phantom Ranger became himself, and two, more of Dark Spectre within the realms of the comic books. Yeah. And I think, you know, we definitely got a hint in that um, that Edge of Darkness one shot. We got a hint that, like, there's something the Phantom Ranger feels like he needs or they need to atone for. Um, and I I'm curious if we will see what that ends up happening. And we've even gotten, like, foreshadowing in, like, a previous issue when the Morphinaut was looking down at their hands. And, like, all of a sudden mm -hmm. it was like, there's this, like, voice in their head. And I'm just like... Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of rows that this could go. We've got one more issue. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited to see, um, you know, I've mentioned in the past, I kind of hope we don't get a button on the squadron team. Cause I would like to see these characters kind of continue on. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think there's fun you could do with that squadron team. And I think there's like, you know, more power injury type things you could do with them. You know, there's just like, I think, you know, this, it's called Power Rangers Universe, and I think it kind of cracks open its own universe it can play in as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I'm excited, and I, I kind of can't wait to see how Nicole wraps it up and how, like, the team gets through it. I just, you know... And again, just want to shout out Ed Dukeshire. It was his birthday this past week, so happy belated birthday, Ed. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, there was a nice little shout-out by uh, Daphne Plevin, the editor for these books, and she, you know, talked about how hard he works and the fact that he figures out on one you know specifically calling out the teenage Mutant ninja turtle one where it's like he did a colored version where he had to figure out the colors for each character to use and then they did the black and white version and he had to figure out all over again how to make it easy to know who was talking mm -hmm. so i thought that was really cute and nice but yeah i'm excited can't wait any other thoughts on power rangers universe number five i mean it's a good read as always and i am you know i'm, I'm always happy to see where it goes from here nice uh, and finally, so kind of moving on to our last topic, you know, we'll be reviewing Dino Fury Season 2, Episode 9, The Hunt. Mm -hmm. This has a story by Alwyn Dale and Becca Barnes, with a teleplay by Maya Thompson, and directed by Caroline Bell Booth. And the summary for this episode is, Amelia leads the crew on a search for a ghost caught on camera. A new robot program to crush and conquer hunts down the rangers. So, this episode. This episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I I really enjoyed. Um, 
we get the introduction of Snag Eye, a, a mm-hmm. new general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just the big kind of thrust of this one is, you know, we've seen over the last couple of episodes that Void Knight is trying to reform himself. He's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. put a stop to what Void Queen is putting into action. And, you know, us as the audience, we know he has reformed. But the question now is, will the Rangers believe that? Mm-hmm. Will the Rangers trust him? Uh, and this episode really kind of, I think, puts that into clear focus with the team. Uh, we get a weird framing device of, like, the ghost <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do enjoy that because I think it carries through the Amelia and Ollie relationship really nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, again, getting getting us one step closer <laughs> yep. for all those shippers. <laughs> Uh, but uh, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. There's a ton we can dig into, um, but I just, before we do that, what did you think yeah. of this episode? I mean, we definitely, if you follow the Sentai, if you watch Ryu Soldier or even kept up with it, uh, this episode, of course, it's adapting, was a major player episode, I feel like, for mm-hmm. the series. So whenever the Void Knight versus Snagai toy set was revealed last year, everyone was like, well... We know what's coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this like kind of thread of the arc of Void Knight and his redemption and realizing was really well done. I think they did a good job of like Zato and him kind of having their differing views on things and like Zato kind of calling him out and being like, you would really sacrifice the world for one person. And it definitely kind of challenges him and shows like, hey, you weren't necessarily <laughs> like in the right to do this but the others kind of have that balance of like okay we get it he yes not the best thing like it it was just good all around i think it was a really good like way to kind of show the differences of how people saw things um for sure i think the fight choreography and the american footage was really well they did a good job of blending it with the japanese footage as as well because it was really hard to pick out when what was happening um yeah I think, of course, Snag Eye being gone after one episode, eh, I mean, he had his function, and he's too, he's too powerful to keep around, so. Yeah, but, I, I, I think the one and done is good, though. I think yeah. that's really kind of what we needed. Um, I did like uh, the gimmick of him capturing the rangers inside himself, uh, which led to some of the most beautiful yeah, dialogue. For sure. <laughs> uh, but... I, I agree. I think the fight choreography, they did a great job of like matching and finding ways to kind of, uh, you know, do their own thing in those instances. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, I also just really enjoyed when, like when they solidified Void Knight's turn, like how the, he was written was changed. Yes. If you noticed. <laughs> yes. He's very, he's very soft. Like it, it, not, yeah, not shy, but it, he has a softer yeah. tone. Yeah, but then when he was, like, transformed and fighting Snag Eye, like, he was definitely more talking like a Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the writing was definitely more in line with, like, how they write the Rangers, and I was like, okay, that's a cool little, like, way to signify that. <laughs> I do also really love the, like, modulation that they were doing on uh, both Void Knight and Snag Eye's voices. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Void Knight, they've been doing it this entire time, uh, yeah. but they did, like, a, like, robot effect on, like, Snag Eyes, mm-hmm. and I really liked uh Especially in the dialogue when they would have him glitching. Yeah, yeah. Which was really I, good. I, I, re- <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was like a really nice detail touch to mm-hmm. add in on that. Um, and again, I think just overall, like, this episode had like a really great amount of dialogue. <laughs> like just there was like um, the scene when, 
you know, Javi and Zeta face off about whether to trust Void Knight, and Javi's like, well, I'm, I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, you can come if you want to. And he leaves, and Zeta's like, fine, I'll go. Yeah. He teleports down, and Javi's like, well, that didn't take you long. <laughs> or took you long enough. Just, like, makes this kind of smart, smart like, comment, and I'm just like... <sighs> Just very good dialogue choices, I think, in this episode overall. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And just, I think the cast just knocked it out of the park. Because, like, again, like you said, we get Zato, who has, like, the very, like, understandable kind of furious reaction about finding out what Void Knight was doing this all for. And I think we got other kind of reactions from the other Rangers where they're like, well, but we kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say... I do think the Dino Dino Knight Morpher got a cool reveal, yeah. kind of. Uh, it does bum me out that we were missing uh, the kind of more fun element from the Super Sentai that was in the scene, in that like the Zord is the like T Rex Zord is there and like yeah. the Night Ranger rides on it because I'm just like I get logistically why we could not figure out a way to somehow get the Zord there because we've never established that it shrinks. But, um, it just, again, it would have been cool to have that whole section of it. I do think they did a great job, again, like you said, utilizing the footage that they could, though, yeah. to have that fight. Yeah. No, I really did enjoy that. And I think they had a good way of, like, merging everything around. Um, and I think it, because we know back in, like, the first episode, Zato was, like, of the series, Zato was, Zato was just like, where did you get that armor? Because Zato knew, like, yeah, that's rain, yep. that's ranger armor and so they did a really good job too of establishing and finally giving us that like origin of what the armor is and how he uses it and why he can like transform into it (laughs) so i'm I'm glad that we got that and like it was a good way of tying it back into the super sentai origins of it yeah for sure uh and and my my one my one wish is i do wish they would have recolored the morpher when Tarek is holding it and done the thing that, like, when he hands it to Zato, it changes colors. Yeah, but... That's my one thing. It It's it's also... It was just also very funny whenever the, like, actor playing Tarek is holding it. Because it's just like, oh, wow, it does just look like a toy in his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I did really enjoy it. Uh, I also forgot that the, like, gimmick of the Void... Or the Night Morpher is that you can put two keys in it and mm-hmm. then it summons little versions of it. I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing it does. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I just... I Again, I, I really thought that this episode, like, handled the emotional side of it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, I, I want to give props to all of the actors in, in, this, in the cast. I think they've all had really nice stellar moments in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tessa also needs to get shouted out because she had to play <laughs> weirdly claustrophobic about being inside of a robot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, Which, like, just really good stuff, and it was it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think like this, you know, and this ends with the the big kind of shocker of this. And, and the end of this episode is Tarek gets taken by uh, Void Queen, mm-hmm. um, and this is the first time the Rangers see her. They've heard about her for, I think, two episodes now, but this is the first time they get to physically see her. And I really liked how the episode, when it ends, it's the Rangers talking about, like, well, what's she going to do next? You know, we have to save Tarek, but, you know, we also need to be aware that Void Queen's probably plotting something. And I just say, it had a nice, like, ominous nature to that ending that I thought will lead nicely into the next two episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but any last thoughts on this episode of Dino Fury? No, I mean, I think it's definitely um, continuing that thread of here's the story, and I enjoy what they're doing with it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. For sure. Uh, but with that, that'll actually kind of wrap up our show for today. It was a light week. Mm. Uh, we didn't have any, uh, you know, major reveals or anything to talk about, but some solid fun Ranger things and maybe not wait, so solid. That means the fr- <laughs> wait, that means the franchise is, is dying. Oh, ah. no. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sure. Sure, Chicken Little. That's what's happening. That's what it is. <laughs> this guy it's falling. dead. This guy's falling. It's, uh, I'm trying to, like, do it in that cadence of Laurie Metcalf and Roseanne when she's like, the franchise is dead. 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 <laughs> she's doing fine. She'll call you later. <laughs> Shit, I have to go make a tweet now. Oh. <laughs> you have to find the gif of her doing it, though. <laughs> I know. I know. But, uh... But if you want to find us on social media and, you know, see this wonderful uh, tweet that Kevin's going to make, uh, you can find us on Twitter at MadeThePowerPod. If you want to send us an email, you can email us at MadeThePowerPod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Feel free to send us comments, uh, suggestions, criticisms, uh, or if you're interested in coming on as a guest like we've had in the past with Zach and Derek, mm-hmm. uh, feel free to drop us a line. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on most social media at Thespis Punk. And where can they find you, Kevin? You can find me at BridgeMT3. And, you know, before we head out, just want to do, do like we do every time. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. You know, coming to hear us rant and rave and make fun of fans. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. Just thank you guys. Uh, but mm-hmm. with that, as always... May the power protect you.